Drive with Julian Clover. Getting you home. Cambridge 105 Radio. I have to try and work out whether the new Gadget Guy jingle's been put. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. I think you found it. Yeah, it's just tolerable, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Rob is away for goodness knows how long because he's gone to... A, where's he gone to? A good to? while. Uh, he, he doesn't travel for a couple of days yet, but I think he's going around New Zealand and some of the islands around it and bits of Australia and so on. Yeah, I suspect he's packing a very large bag. So uh, it's just uh, Lawrence, but you have a guest with you. We do. We have uh, Adrian from uh, Gimpy Software who we'll be talking to after a bit of the usual tech news. So this is Gadget Guide number 116. And uh, in the tech news, this week some interesting news about twitter twitter are claiming they're going to actually possibly turn a profit for the first time ever so uh yeah surprisingly twitter as much as everyone loves them have not been as profitable as facebook when it comes to uh revenues and actually turning all of their users into some sort of revenue stream but they are now saying that they should be in the third quarter able to turn a profit so that of course boosted their share prices and everyone um Everyone loves them again. There was also the other story, though, where they'd managed to overestimate their number of users. Did you see that as I well? I did, yes, by some stupidly large number. So it was it was quite interesting. And um, But still, the share price goes up, so everything's OK. Oh, you know, as soon as you tell the analysts that you're going to actually make some money, uh, they get excited and they start trading your stock and, and up it goes. So, uh, yeah, their, their stock is up uh, a good percentage and, um, yeah, should be interesting. Obviously, they're throwing more advertising in and we're seeing more ads in line in our, our Twitter timelines and we're seeing stuff that's quite well targeted. They're getting very good. In fact, I'd almost say slightly better than Facebook at targeting stuff in, in our timelines now. They're basing a lot of it around who you're following and what those people are tweeting. That's interesting. So it's almost within, well, it's within the context of what's happening around you rather than something you were thinking about buying a fortnight ago and then decided not to it's or a, bought it's, somewhere else. It's significantly tidier than some of the advertising that you see targeted at you. Uh, so besides Twitter, what else is in the news? So uh, this week we're seeing the resurgence of another Trojan and this is very similar to the WannaCry um, uh, virus trojan that infected lots of the NHS earlier in the year. This is the bad rabbit uh, trojan, which bad rabbit. Yes, which um, the analysts are saying looks very similar in in a lot of elements of the code as as WannaCry has the same sort of idea. You know, encrypt your machine and start charging you uh, around about two hundred and forty dollars is what the the ransom. And it was, was suggested in the in the headlines there. You probably would have heard that uh, the North Korea is being blamed for. Uh, what happened in the NHS. Yep, yep. So currently Bad Rabbit's been hitting Russia, Ukraine and quite a lot of other Eastern European countries over the last few days. And uh, everyone is saying, well, make sure your antivirus is up to date. Think about what you click on before you click on it. You know, if you get a document in your email, did you request that document you before you open it? Check the ending as well. The um, if if it's got the um, the, uh, the the type of file it is. If it's um if it's Do, if it's something doesn't help you're... doesn't help because a lot more uh, malware is now being hidden in things like Word documents and Excel okay. spreadsheets. So you might think oh, it's a Word document, and it might say, "Hi, this is uh, an invoice for that uh, mm. product that you bought from us last week. Uh, we need you to pay the five hundred pounds." You, you'll tell me I should be more careful, but ordinarily. I, I tend to find any sort of junk email like that. The grammar is so bad, you can spot it a mile off. 
unfortunately, a lot of the they're, they're learning learning English. They, they're going to. <laughs> they are actually starting to write proper English rather than stringing together some words from Google Translate and, and um, yes. Mm. So it is getting a challenge. Um, the best suggestions are a good antivirus, but more than just an antivirus, you want these days what they call endpoint protection. So you want something that also knows how to scan your Outlook email for you or your Gmail as you actually open an email. So it's checking that attachment, making sure there's nothing in there that's malicious. It's checking that Word document as you open it, making sure there's no macros, nothing embedded in there that's going to launch and start some malware off on on, um, on your machine. So yes, that's the, the one to look out for at the moment is uh, Bad Rabbit. Uh, what else have we got this week? So uh, more profitable um, tech stocks. This is Amazon. Amazon is, uh, have just announced their third quarter sales are up 34% to $43 billion. Oh, that'll please the people down at Station <laughs> Square, won't it? Yeah, so um, their cash flows up, their trading revenues are up, their net sales are up. Everything's good and up for Amazon, so of course their share price has gone up and they've announced some dividends for their shareholders, so everyone's happy in the Amazon world. They've done a bunch of stuff over the last um, uh, quarter. They've, they've bought, in the US, they bought a uh, an organic food uh, company, a grocery company. Um, they've brought out new Echo devices. We've seen the, the new Echo um, talking speaker out from Amazon, so you can have a, uh, a version two of that now. Uh, they've introduced new Fire TV devices, including 4K stuff, uh, new Alexa voice remotes for those as well. Uh, Alexa on your Fire Stick, even your older Fire Stick can now run Alexa. And um, yeah, new tablets and so on, partnerships with lots of other people. So Amazon doing well. Uh, what else was in the uh, news? Oh, another Amazon story. This is an interesting one. Amazon have just decided they're going to sell a smart lock to you to put on your front door that the courier delivering your Amazon parcel will be able to open your door to deliver your parcel instead of leaving it on your front step. Now, I think that's with the, one of these electronic Yale locks, isn't it? It's called Amazon Key. Mm. Um, they haven't really disclosed as to who they're partnering with and how it's going to work. But I saw a picture of a Yale lock electronic, which I don't necessarily mean, but I dare say if it wasn't, Yale would have told the um, publication in question to take it down rather sharpish. I, I, I couldn't see anything. I think that might have mm. been an over-ambitious okay. press release. Oh, or news story yes. that someone's written and, and gone stockphoto.com and, and put a picture of a Yale lock in. Um, they're saying that it's going to have things like it's going to have a camera to be able to show you who's there. So you'll integrate with a, a camera on your door so you can see that it says a man with a box labelled Amazon. Obviously, you're going to be expecting that delivery. So I'm guessing there'll be some integration with the Amazon app. So uh, your delivery's out for delivery. You've got an Amazon key. You get an alert saying courier will be at your front door in two minutes. And you'll be able to go, yes, I'm okay to unlock the door for him. And it'll all be recorded on video and so on. So it's, they it's don't an have interesting people don't, it, concept. It's, I suppose providing, and I'm sure they will, they'll do the necessary security checks on anybody who's going to be involved in that service. And presumably they'll only be allowed in for the five or so minutes, if that, that it takes to deliver the parcel. Yeah, apparently the system will be audited and so on so that there will be all the necessary controls. It's, it is an interesting concept, so we'll see how that does. I mean, I would have thought that, you know, like Amazon's lockers that they have in various 7-Eleven-type uh, uh, supermarkets and, and corner shops, I would have thought, you know, selling you a box that you could actually bolt outside your house that people could drop your parcels in might be more practical, but they've gone for, well, let's unlock your front door. Interesting. Fair enough, fair enough. 
That's, we, that's all I've got pretty much on tech news at the moment. It's, it's been, quiet, it's been a quiet week. It has been a quiet week. Uh, you know, one virus and, and several people saying they're making profits. Okay, well, we'll do some travel and then we'll come back and speak to your guest. playing over there then, Lawrence. And uh, this is Luna Panda Deluxe. So welcome to Adrian Killens. Thank you. Gimpy Software. Thank you for having me. So you launched a new game yesterday. Yep. Luna Panda Deluxe. Uh, maybe you can, first of all, tell us a little bit about um, the game. The story. So the game is called Luna Panda Deluxe. It's set in the year 3016, and it's way in the future where pandas have now become the dominant species on planet Earth. Okay, they've they've moved out the apes, have they? They've they've <laughs> out they've out evolved everything. They've just they've now evolved to the point where they no longer require oxygen. Are they still cute? Uh, yeah, he's pretty. Well, what do you think? What do you think of him? Shall I hold him up? Do you think he's cute? Oh, that's good, cute as pandas go, isn't it? Yes. Quite a, yeah. I'd yeah. Say he's Edinburgh, Edinburgh Zoo would be proud of that one. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, now what they do for fun pandas is they jetpack around the. Now they don't need spaceships and they don't need oxygen masks or anything else. What pandas like to do is pop on a jetpack and just jetpack around the universe. And one thing that they like to do when they get to different planets is to try and land on different types of terrain. So. Mr. Panda spends his time going through the universe. He'll go to planets where it's extremely windy or there's old disbanded mines or there's hover cars going around and he just tries to get onto the terrain and land with his little jetpack on his back. So the objective for the player what do, what, is to do what? Is, is there to, point is scoring ultimately and moving up levels? It's ultimately point scoring. So what you do is you have to it's a little bit like an old there's an old game that's based on called lunar lander so it's like landing a, a it's landing in different kind of like environments different types of gravity and different sorts of inertia but you're essentially you've got to land mr panda on a landing pad and then the amount of fuel that you've got left once he's once he's safely landed on his landing on his landing pad will get multiplied by the number on the landing pad so if you land on a on a on a 10 and you've got X amount of fuel, it, it will multiply that by 10, your score goes up, and then you can, you'll get a little Polaroid picture of, your, of Mr. Panda landing on there, and it will have your little score underneath. I like, I like this game. <laughs> so you, you, you can rotate him left and right, and you can fire his jetpack, but you've got to watch your fuel level, because if you run out of fuel, then he just drifts yeah. off and eventually crashes into the ground. And he goes, lose and goes, he goes, frack. Frack. That's fine as he would. And, um... Yeah, as as you get closer to the landing point, the game zooms in so you can get uh, fine detail and you can see his little legs out underneath him and you've got to get his legs just right on the landing pad and touch him down gently, otherwise he crashes and dies. And you've got to start again. So, uh, how many levels are there? Uh, I think there's about... 20, I think. Okay. I think it might be a okay. bit more. I can't actually, I can't think now. I mean, I've got there, but a few. <laughs> a lot. I've played them a lot. I feel like I've played it because I've been playing the same game for years now because we, we, we first came up with Luna, La- or Luna Panda like in 2013 and we built it for the Raspberry Pi, programmed it for the Raspberry Pi. And then as the as we kind of we did that, we thought we'd do another project. So then we rewrote it as a as a half decent game with level design and better graphics, and we released that for the Xbox 360 and the PC. 
and then fast forward a few more years and now we're writing it again and porting it to Android and iOS. So this is a paid for game? This is a paid, yeah, it's like 79p. Mm. It was 99p on the Google store. Was it 99p? <laughs> I'm not sure what it is on iTunes. And how much of that, if I, if I might ask, how, how much of that do you see or how much of a cut would, ask the question the other way around, how much of a cut does somebody like Apple or, or Google think, uh, take, take from that? I think they take all of it. I think it's like they take something like twenty p. I think, mm. but uh, yeah. So we're so is, a, is, there, is there a business there? That's that's the question. There's is a it, business there. Lots of people buy it. If it becomes the next Angry Birds. Yes. Then yes, it will yes. be a business yeah. if we become the next Super. But presumably, League there's there's lots of games which, although they're very good, mm. don't necessarily. I don't know. They don't get the press coverage yeah. or this or or, or or that happens. So they're just sort of almost like out there waiting to be found. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of noise out there to be heard over. So that's the thing that I'm doing now, and, and why I'm here is. Uh, as, as well as doing that, it's almost like you have to do all this other stuff on the side to, to kind of get people to notice it. So I've been doing things like me and Dean, the, the other guy that uh, is involved in making the game, we've put like little dev blogs out there about how we're making it to try and get a little bit of traction. We'll share that on social media. And then I've made a... This time around, I've done something a bit different where I've created a landing page for it because it's something I've heard that all indie devs now have to do. So you don't have a lot of clutter around it. You just have a dedicated landing page. If you go to lunapanda.com, you go to a standalone page and it's just got the iOS and the Android links and a trailer. So you, cl you click, you, or whatever your device of choice is, you click and you, you yeah. go, it takes you to that, that particular store. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the best way to find it, yeah, is it. to go to lunapanda.com. My Wi-Fi just dropped off, which doesn't help me. Um, <laughs> Uh, like I said, on the Google Store, Play Store, it was 99p, um, which I thought was fairly reasonable for a, a small indie game. And um, I'm guessing probably similar on the Apple Store, on the iTunes Store. Yeah, about the same, just, just under a pound. Right. I think it gets changed around quite a lot. You kind of select a price and then it goes off and does its thing. And it's, I don't know how much it's going to be in France, for example, but it's available in France and the US. And Okay, right. So you've gone international. It's international. By, <laughs> is by is the this click your of a radio button? Your first mobile game? No, it's not. We've done a few. The last game actually went a little bit viral. So that's kind of a bit annoying. That the last game that we made uh, got reviewed by this guy called Pat, who's uh, also known as the NES Punk, and he does a podcast called the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. He reviewed the game said it was awesome said everyone should go out and download this game the game's called new york toy fair the game by the way and then loads of people went out downloaded it and gave it five stars so i've got this game that had all this traction <laughs> but it was a free download so <laughs> i made nothing so i'm not making that mistake we can't even flag it from the makers of for, okay. for, 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 for luna panda nice another little trick i've, I've got up my sleeve is we're going to re-release that game and make sure that somewhere on the title screen it says the next or, game or from Gibby Software. I noticed what a lot of games on mobile devices are now doing is, um, you know, you get you level up and then it advertises the other products yeah. from, from the company. It depends on how in your face you want to be to, to users, I suppose. But uh, obviously, if you want to try to make a bit of money out of out of your games, then you need to do something like that. Try that as well. That's, uh, what have you got coming up after Luna Panda goes viral and... Uh, once it's gone viral, me and Dean have made our millions. <laughs> the next game that we're going to do, we've got, we've got, we're having a few discussions at the moment. Dean really wants to do a tower defense game, mm -hmm. and I really want to do a point and click adventure game. Oh, think, maybe it's got to be a combination then. 
I don't, uh, I don't like Dan tower defence games. I've been, me and Dean have been arguing <laughs> over that. He likes tower defence games, and I don't. I don't want to spend the next couple of years <laughs> making one. Who else is involved in producing a game? I mean, surely it's not just the two of you. No, it's uh, so. I luckily I'm a musician in my spare time, so I can do all the music and the sound effects. Dean's an extremely good coder, and I'm you're the British IBM. I'm we should mention IBM, for those yeah. those people who, uh, who follow local music, as many yeah. of our listeners do. And yeah, I'm sure they'll all know who I am. <laughs> the the um, yeah, so we um, have us, and then we'll have an artist as well. So the guy that did the artwork for Luna Panda, his name's Jose Cabero, and he lives in Spain, and he he works with us on this game. Cool, so a bit of a collaboration, international yeah. collaboration. And, and are there many other games developers around Cambridge? I know there's a... Well, a small a, independent ones. This is what I mean, rather than there's a larger one uh, around, but the, 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 the smaller guys like like yourself. Yeah, there's loads. There's, a, there's an indie game dev meet-up that happens once every few weeks. Okay. I meet up with those guys now and again, and there's a couple of guys, yeah, that people that you'd have never heard of before. I can't remember the, the company names so, now. So but, where does that meet-up happen, and how do people find out about that? Uh, I think if you just Google... Cambridge Meetup, Cambridge Indie Dev Meetup, it will okay. come up, but it's on Cambridge Meetup. I think there's a Facebook group right, as right. well. So if someone wants to get into writing games, I suppose that's a good place to possibly meet people like yourself who've actually put out some games and, yeah. and get some experience and, and yep. possibly come and uh, find out what it's all about. Yep. Cool. And uh, so you're promoting it, obviously, today. Um, any other plans for any other countries for Luna Panda? More countries for Luna Panda. Mm. We're uh, so it should be all over. China would be the obvious place yeah. to take it to. <laughs> and Russia Get over the wall, you know, yeah. moon landings and all of that. I should think Russians love a good landing, don't they? <laughs> oh, uh, it's certainly been uh, interesting chatting to you guys, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on things.